well, it's got to be the morning, it's got to be the afternoon, or it's got to be the evening with somebody that's listening to the show. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing or whatever the time of the day is, it's fantastic to have you here. On this episode, I have Colin Jellicoe, Group Human Resources Director at M Group Services. M Group Services is one of those organizations that you may not be conscious of, and you see their vans all over the country. They have 9,000 skilled specialists, 100 locations, and these are the people that in essence deliver the essential infrastructure services within water, energy, transport, and telecommunications in the UK and Island. They have an absolutely vast reach and are essential services, in essence, I think, in keeping the country going. For me, why did I invite Colin onto the podcast? I've known Colin and worked for Colin as a consultant going into organisations for over a decade now. And it has been a singular pleasure to work with him. But more than that, for me, Colin is the pinnacle of what good HR is and what an HR director should aspire to be. It is not unusual to have HR as a relatively toothless function, providing service, providing process into an organisation, which is fantastic and that needs to be done, but they don't often sit at the top table and even when they do, HR doesn't always have the power to genuinely influence. And that's not the case with Colin. Colin is somebody that holds space. He has phenomenal influence when it comes to an organization, a business and the boardroom. I have never failed to see him navigate the politic, to create trust and to really help the strategic imperatives of what it is an organization is trying to deliver commercially by enabling the HR proposition. He really is, for me, one of the most commercially astute, creative, and emotionally intelligent people I've seen in that space. So on that note, let's get on with the episode and enjoy the conversation between myself and Colin Jellica. Welcome to Leadership Bites with myself, your host, Guy Bloom. This is a leadership podcast where I have conversations with colleagues, I chat with guests, and sometimes they'll be just me talking. You can connect with me at livingbrave.com, and when you enjoy the episode, subscribe and please tell everyone. Colin, um, it is fantastic to have you on this episode of Leadership Bites. Welcome. Hi, Kai. Absolute privilege, sir, to join you and your podcast. Given the uh, the enormity of some of the characters you've had, I feel very privileged. So thank you. Well, that's what it's they're going to think when they see you. So that's okay. They'll go. He must. Be, he must be important. Look at him. He's on that podcast. So listen, Colin. I I know you. We've worked together for you know. Uh, well, we've known each other over some many years and had moments of dipping in and out of each other's contact and done some great work together in the past. So I'm many really... many makes me sound old. Well, you know, I think we're vintage. <clears throat> that's that's what I'm saying. So we're, we're vintage. We know each other pretty well, and I've been kind of really keen to get you on um, the, the podcast. But um, you know, it's just been a matter of timing. But so, just for people that don't know who you are, who are you, and what do you do, yeah. and what's the role that you're in, and then we can kind of kick off from there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm Colin. Um, I am, uh, I guess, an HR professional. Uh, I've operated across leadership 
uh, roles within HR for yeah probably probably best part of uh, 18 nearly 20 years I guess uh, at senior level a generalist um, I'm currently Group HR Director for M Group Services who uh, for those that are perhaps not familiar with the, the name uh, we, we operate across the utilities sector uh, delivering essential services to um, gas water electricity blue chip clients uh, throughout uh, throughout the UK that's so, that's the that's the official the official leading. That's guy. it. So I I, I noticed I noticed that uh, when I think about buying a car, I suddenly become alert to cars and see them all over the place. So when I knew you were going to work, you know, I started seeing Morrison utility vans all over the place wherever uh, <coughs> wherever yeah, I was going, yeah. and they were obviously there before, but I just hadn't yeah. <laughs> I hadn't been paying attention to them, but. Yeah, uh, it is very much like that. You you will you will see um, yeah Morrison Utility Services, Dyer and Butler, uh, IWJS uh, are a whole series of sixteen different brands in the business that that bring pretty much uh, the full range of of services in regulated environments to uh, to our clients and ultimately their customers. And that's that's what we that's what we do really well is uh, is keep the gas flowing, keep the electricity on. Uh, and keep the water flowing so that um, you know you can get out of bed, have your shower, have your cup of tea, and uh, and get on your way to work. So yeah, it's um, you know a, a privilege really again to be in a in a sector that that does have such an impact on uh, on on the UK. Uh, it's um, you know been interesting throughout COVID. Um, you know the focus on on key workers has has been uh, has rightly been paramount. Um, and uh, you know for us. It, it, I guess the, the slightly less than public face of utilities, keeping keeping the NHS going, uh, you know, keeping all of those services that that we've needed, um, you know, we've we've been there for uh, we've been there for for the UK really, and it's and it's a privilege mm. to be in that position. We we understand. So yeah, well, it's it's great, but it, it's it's a good business. Yeah, it is, and it's it's one of those ones that it's like all things in life that you don't really fully understand what's what the need of it is until what you've got stops working. Absolutely. So I noticed Absolutely. that, you know, with and a that's, couple of that's why couple I bought of... a house. So I just yeah, know there's I, a bit I, of a, a, a bit of a lull. Wales. There's a little bit of a lull, so I'm I'm just there learning is, to stop a... talking. <laughs> you would think that we were in different countries, and we're absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, to, to to make myself focused on the importance of these things, I bought a house in uh, in in mid Wales. Uh, which is off-grid for gas, off-grid for water, uh, and barely on-grid for electricity. So I completely appreciate now what we do for all of our customers, and uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely painted it in a different in a different light for me. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so, Colin, you know, you, you um, it's actually interesting in terms of the size of the business, people-wise. Uh, approximately, what's the kind of uh, contingent that you're, you're dealing with? Uh, how many people are, are in the business? Okay, so, yeah, so so across the 16 businesses, we, we've got just a, a shade under 10,000 directly employed people at the moment. Um, probably half of that is what I guess traditionally would be described as, as blue collar. Um, the, the guys who are who are in the field, uh, you know, doing the doing the, the dirty work for us day in day out, um, and, and the rest of those are are the staff, um, sort of the support services behind to make sure that that, that all works. So about about ten thousand. But the reality is is that 
that, that maybe is half or maybe a third of, of the total workforce population that, that we have, uh, you know, on or in the field every day. Uh, we use a lot of subcontract labor as well, which is just the nature of, of this of this sector. So, yeah, we're probably providing employment opportunity for more like maybe 25 to 30,000 people on a, on a daily basis, which, which makes us a yeah, significant force really in, in this sector. Hmm. Well, I think in, in any sector. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, that is a, that is a lot of people. So for me then too, because we're going to get into what you're focusing on now what, and what the focus has been, but I, I always yeah. say on these episodes that I think knowing somebody's journey to where they are really helps me value what it is that they then talk about in the present day. So, and we were joking about it just before we came on, but it'd be great to hear that, you know, how did Colin get here? What were some of the ebbs and flows um, that, you know, uh, the experiences that maketh the man? It'd be great to hear them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go right back then. Um, yeah. So, so I, I guess, Brought up on the Wirral, um, I, I've tried to lose my sort of semi-Scouse accent that uh, that I, I've had, but then I've, I've lived in the South for a, for a long time. But um, yeah, I grew up on the on the Wirral, um, and uh, and I went to school and, and everything there. Um, didn't didn't do hugely well at, at school. Was one of those things that didn't seem in, entirely important to me at the time. Uh, I'm sure I'm I'm not the only one in in that space. Um, probably spent more time. I guess for me, focused on stuff like the Duke of Edinburgh's award, and um, I was a, uh, a member of the uh, Boys Brigade for for many years. So, uh, so those sorts of things, uh, you know, outside sports, um, you know, helping community, all those sorts of things, which um, which which at the time seemed really important to me, um, rather than schoolwork, uh, probably resulted in me in me leaving school with not really very much in the qualification front, um, and um, I had no idea really what I wanted to do. There was there was not really a, a great career plan. Um, father was uh, worked at uh, Camelard Chipbuilders, so he was a a plater. Um, and uh, I, I recall worked many, many long hours in, in what was probably a, a bit of a dirty job, really. Um, grandfather was a, a, shop, a shop floor manager in um, in the business that uh, made stork margarine. So they, they were probably my, my influences. Um, didn't really fancy the dirty job at Camelairds, if I'm honest, um, which was, I, I guess, was, was the encouragement from, from one side of the, of the family. Um, but yeah, no idea what I wanted to do. Um, maybe a bit of, of white collar work, a bit of admin was was the way that it, it sort of uh, it was sort of looking. And I, I was really lucky. I, I uh, despite not wanting to go to Camelheads, I, I did uh, join Camelheads and um, and got a job really, a commercial apprenticeship at the time, which was probably revolutionary. Actually, you think now that we've got uh, you know white collar apprenticeships and uh, and and they're all the rage. Um, you know, for its time to get a commercial apprenticeship, as it was described, was was a bit novel, and and I got that off the back of being able to talk about the things I'd done around Duke of Edinburgh and um, uh, and and what I'd done in in Boys Brigade. Um, it, it it pretty much set me up, to be honest. And um, we had a good, good two hour conversation with the training manager, as I recall at the time, um, and focused on all those things about um, leadership. Um, 
you know, teamwork and, and all that sort of gubbins. And, and it obviously was enough to get me to get me a job. So I, I started off um, at, at Camelheads as a commercial apprenticeship in, in the days when trade unions were, were, were a big thing in, in that part of the world, uh, quite a militant workforce. Uh, first job was in HR or personnel and welfare, as, uh, <laughs> as some people will recall it being called. Um, as I recall, there wasn't a great deal of welfare that went on, um, but uh, you know, it was a lot, of, a lot of recruitment, a lot of um, ER type issues, um, and the, the occasional getting, getting uh, you know, a bit into a bit of a tussle with a trade union official. But it was, um, it absolutely set you know set you up for, for life. Really, it was it was a, a lot of lessons learned. Um, you know, salt of the earth people that um, you know really understood their, their jobs and, and were great at what they did. Um, and it was, it was, you know, I, I probably, yeah, probably would have stayed there for a while. I, I never really got out of the, the personnel function. Um, it was, uh, it, it just seemed to be like an almost a natural fit, really. Um, so it, we did quite a bit of quite a bit of work there. But it was around the time um, that, um, yeah, the the. Uh, I guess our relationship with Russia had, uh, had started to, um, to defrost slightly. Um, the uh, military shipyards went into a, a, a bit of a decline and, and I, uh, I needed to move on. So uh, I left Camelheads, uh, went into the construction sector, uh, joined a business called Norwest Holst, um, still based up in Liverpool. Um, and uh, I stayed with them for 22 years and, and that business grew from um, you know, predominantly a, a smallish building, civils and uh, utilities company into uh, what is now the, the Vinci or Vinci uh, business. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's part of a, a massive uh, construction company. And, and I was, I finished there after 22 years as HR director for, for the UK and, and our operations overseas in the Middle East. But you now again, those, you know, those those sectors that sort of construction sector goes goes from boom to 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 bust and there's there's a lesson you know almost at every turn in the road you know there's there's something to to be learned and um you know have i ever thought about a job outside of hr well no not really it's it's pretty much given me a different a different job a different challenge a different interest almost every day of the 30-ish years uh, that, that I've, I've been in, in that sector. So, yeah, 22 years at Vinci, lots of acquisitions, lots of growth, uh, lots of, of really good people, engineers, uh, absolutely focused in that, in that very blinkered way that engineers are, are, are focused and, uh, and the challenges that came with, with looking after, after that sort of population was great stuff. Um, and then I sort of thought to myself, well, yeah, HRD, big business, looked after the whole of the UK. Can I can I see myself being there for another 20 years? Um, do I want to retire doing this job? Uh, and ultimately, uh, the answer came back no. So um, I, I, uh, I left Finchie and um, I embarked on what I would describe now as a bit of an adventure. Uh, I went uh, and worked in South Korea. As you do. Um, I went as you do, as you do. Um, I have to say, when I said to a lot of people going to work overseas, South Korea wasn't the first place they, they thought of. Um, but yeah, I went to work for Samsung um, C&T, which is a construction and trading business. It's the, the sort of mothership, really, of, of the Samsung Corporation. Um, people only think of South TV. Korea, so the family. 
And I remember, I remember when yeah. you went, obviously, because obviously I knew you then, and, you know, Samsung, yeah. and I went, what? And it's not so much it was Korea, but I didn't, who knew? I mean, you know, they do TVs, right? But, that, but they are enormous. Uh, they're vast. I mean, I mean, huge. And and um, and the the extent of that business is is, is not really realised um, by almost anybody outside of outside of the business. I mean, it's you know whether it's medical uh, equipment which uh, is is now you know around the around the globe really uh, leading edge uh, from that. Whether it's pharmaceuticals, whether it's um, shipbuilding. Um, Construction, uh, the trade, uh, still still significant shareholders in businesses like Starbucks and and uh, and businesses like that. Um, you know, most people would would have said, yeah, TVs or or phones, mobile phones, and um, yeah. and really, you know, both both of those activities really bolt on to the to the core business that that they had had since 1923, which was yeah, construction and buying and selling stuff. Um, and and some of the stuff they built um, around and have built and continue to build around the globe is, is um, you know absolutely phenomenal stuff in terms of engineering feats. Um, and it's a it's a but it's a culturally <laughs> it's a very very different place to go and work. Um, it had its challenges almost daily from you know from you you have to start work at eight o'clock. Um, to um, you have to sit and listen to the ten-minute uh, TV show that's on it at uh, eight o'clock till ten past, um, and then the strangest thing in the world happened was that most of the Koreans fell asleep um, and um, and didn't wake up until almost lunchtime when when they would eat and then spend the afternoon and most of the evening working very hard. Um, so it was it was a bit of a novelty really. Um, lots of people asleep. Uh, sat around you in the morning it was a, a bit of a a bit of a shock to the system um but I, you know i was 15 months with samsung and and some of the opportunities that came my way being you know i, I guess with the the background of of uh, vinci who, who they looked up to from a construction perspective and, and thought very highly of um and being an expat uh in a, in a part of the world where there were very very few of us um, just just led to, to huge huge opportunity, and I, I you know I travelled to places, um, most of which I, I, I can I can remember with with um, some degree of um, uh, happiness, <laughs> and some of them that I never ever want to go anywhere near again. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, you know I, I I often hear people talk about Saudi Arabia and and, and they say oh yeah. It's, it's very, it's very, you know, Riyadh is very conservative, and um, and I go, yeah, well, it's not really in comparison to some of the places that that um, you know I went to with Samsung. It is a, a real, a real shock to the system. Um, but yeah, whether that was being in Australia or uh, Malaysia or, or Singapore and and some of the stuff that, to get involved in, which you know I, I look back on now, I think I had no right to get involved in stuff like that. It was not core HR activity. It actually was just ju good general business leadership um, development. Um, and, um, you know, it was a challenge. It was a huge challenge being asked to do stuff that was outside of my comfort zone. But, you know, I, I came, came back a completely different character to the, to the one that I went and, and hopefully, hopefully better for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was 15 months, came back. Uh, did a little bit of a stint for Network Rail, 
um, uh, for uh, predominantly around the, the property business and, uh, and, and their group functions. Um, and then the opportunity at M Group Services or Morrison Utility Services, as it was at the time, came up. And, um, you know, again, opportunity, growing business, very acquisitive, um, good organic growth, um, fantastic people. Um, and I, I think probably what I've, what I've learned uh, about business over over 30-something years, not, not going to give you the exact number of years, but 30-something years, um, is, is it's just, you know, people first, uh, people second and people last. Uh, the, these these organisations is just about people, um, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a great joy really to be able to be in a position where getting the most out of our people is it, you know is it, my challenge. Um, you know it, it's absolutely about getting maximum benefit from from our people in whichever way we can and looking after them and taking great care of of what is. And often said, but but what you know what are is and are our greatest asset. Uh, we have we have nothing else. We don't own very much property. We generally don't own the vehicles that we use. Um, it, it's our people, and uh, and that's a, again a great privilege really for for us to be in a position where where we uh, we want to work with them and, and to get the most out of those people. So there you go. That's I love me. it. I love it. And of course, you know, we've known each other. I don't know how long we've known each other now. Is it 15 years, is it? Or longer? 20? I don't know. No, no, no. It's not definitely not 20. 12? It's probably about 12, yeah. 12. I said this because you know Kevin Kevin Green, who um, is a colleague of mine who, you know, has worked with you as well with me. And uh, he said, I said, he said to me, how long have we known you? I said, 12 years. He said, no, it's over 20. So I was like, okay, so I'm never quite sure. But uh, but I'm just wondering if an email's gone out now around Samsung going, check if anybody's asleep at their desk. And if they are. <laughs> because there's a bloke on a UK podcast who used to work for us who's just said. Yeah, well, they won't be very happy if they hear that fed back to them. I've got to be honest. That'll be hilarious. Um, this will be, be played at the board in Korea. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but we, yeah. So, yeah, listen. It was, uh, it, it was, it, it was a, I just, I, it's a fantastic experience. And I would say yeah. to anybody that you, you, know, you, you sometimes you look at those opportunities and, um, and, and you, you think, shall I, shall I, shall I? And I know lots of people who have gone, no, let's just let's just take the safe bet. But um, it, it was an opportunity that that it was gifted to me because of the experience I'd gained with with another with with, with Vinci with another business. And I would say, if anyone was in that position, you know, go for it. It, it, it it's it's not always easy, and it's not always straightforward. Um, but you know everything. Every single day is a learning experience. Every day is a training day. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I, I look back. I've forgotten all of the, all of the, the challenges, but where it was it was very difficult. And you know, I remember now with with fondness that you know the the, the country and the people and, and most of the things that that I got involved in. And you know, the family that went with me equally. You know, they, they are shaped by the experience as we all are. They're shaped by the experiences that, that we enjoy. And, um, uh, and you know, they wouldn't change it for the world. It was, it was a great opportunity, great experience. But, yeah, culturally, 
very different. <laughs> well, so there's there's two things for me there. I I often think that you get to a level where you know your stuff. And of course, you're always going to learn and every day is a school day and all that kind of stuff. But you get to a point yeah. where, in essence, I know my trade. And when you get to that level, yeah. people often go, especially for senior leadership, you know, it's, well, how do I develop? And it's exposure. It's exposure to inverted commas stuff because you know what your job is. Yeah. It's now about your personal growth. So the experience of you is deeper because you are more because of inverted commas stuff, which doesn't sound very scientific, but I think I've come to believe that. Is it, no, no, it's not scientific at all. But but you know that the, the fact is, is is that yeah, it is it is the stuff that that comes along and you know and and you take time to understand and understand people and and. Um, yeah, it, it all is it, for me now. It's all all had a, a you know a really positive positive effect. But um, yeah, I, I always say to people, you, you you've just got you've got to take those opportunities when they come. So how you mentioned you know you you came back. Um, I don't know if you said better for it or even different, but what what was the difference? What you know how who were you when you went and who were you when you came back? Yeah, I think. I think probably what I had to realize when I got over there was, was that whilst there was a degree of respect for the experience that you'd gained and, and, you know, I, I went through 11 interviews to get, to get that job at, uh, at Samsung. It was, it was no, it was no quick, quick, um, you know, two minute conversation in, in uh, Costa coffee on, on the, uh, on the services. It, it was, it was, you know, a, a thorough, a really thorough process and two or three trips over to, uh, to South Korea to, to meet people. And, um, but when I got there, it, it, all the experience counted for nothing. Um, you know, it was uh, my my knowledge of employment law, my knowledge of trade unions, um, the ER side, um, even the way that you know I, I understood that leaders thought and and the way they process things and the commercial. All of that changed. All of that went straight out the window because Koreans operate completely differently. And so different, you know, right? I, I've got to start. Uh, <laughs> just i mean it's it's a different it's a different world yeah it, it fundamentally is it is, is a different world and you know i i had to start I had to sit there and go i can't use anything i brought with me hmm. you know i can't and i don't mean i don't mean a, a pack of papers that i'd picked up and and and, and brought with me or the ideas that i'd, I'd put into effect at, at, at vinci and, and other places it was I, there's nothing i've got there's nothing in in my brain that i i can you know, use from the past. I've got to, I've got to work out how I can make a difference, and that's you know, for me. That's really important. Is how do I make a difference to this business um, in, in in a very short space of space of time? And you know, try doing that when they don't speak English, and I definitely don't speak any Korean. Um, so you know, you you're dealing with interpreters who who put their own slant on on things as well. Um, which I learned quickly. That's very um, interesting, is it? And, did um, I just I, did I actually just say that? <laughs> you know, that's yeah, interesting, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, because that isn't the reaction just, I was looking for. You just for. give me an answer to a question. Yeah, you, you give me an answer to a question I definitely didn't ask. What was, what's going on there? Um, yeah, so so you, you sort of you sort of learn to work with with, with that, and of course, also, you know, I'm, I mean, HR 
uh, in a foreign place with about 60 expats and suddenly all 60 expats want to feed all of their problems into me thinking that I can, I can fix them and that, you know, it wasn't really part, part of the job. Um, so I think, um, yeah, humbled in, in, in lots of respects. Um, I, I think, you know, acknowledging that, uh, yeah, I worked with some very, very bright people, um, you know, I, lots of people with uh, MBAs and PhDs and so forth from, you know, in Samsung's own words, that the best that the world had to offer were were um, gathered together in um, in Seoul, you know, to make Samsung you know the, the best business that that it could be, and you know that's that's humbling. Um, I think um, you know the the experience of of having to understand, you know, a, a, a foreign um, to me what was what was a, a foreign culture and and a, and a completely different way of going going about about business um you know even down to the you know we, we don't we don't shake hands um you need what you need to do instead is to learn how far you bow um you know if, if you're at if you're at 90 if you're not at 90 degrees when you bow to a to an executive vice president you're doing something wrong you know it's 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 it's, it's all of that how, how do i operate in in this space how, how do i get over the basics um, and, um, and, and all of that was, you know, was, a, was a massive learning experience. I guess, I guess there were also things that, that they were asking us to fix uh, for them in, in, in South Korea, which at the time, um, I, I just, I, I think I, I'd not really taken from the UK as being an issue. So it, this was 2000 and end of 2013, uh, beginning of 2014. And I can remember that one of the things that they said to us very early on, and it was it was a task really that, that we just needed to, to to get the HR function to to work with really was the fact that people use their phones all the time, and, and you think, well, well, isn't that isn't that good, you know? But 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 no, um, you know they're using their phones all the time, and and actually I I, I sat in an interview with a with two executive vice presidents um, for a, for a for a role, and um, and during the call they both took phone calls. So during an interview, they took both both took phone calls and and they literally answered the phone and put their head below the desk to, to have the conversation. And you think, I, 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 all right, I get it now. So the, the phone had pretty much become the the, the, the determining factor in, in where their priorities lay. Um, and um, I, and you know they recognised that. And but I never saw that as an issue in the UK before I went. When I came back. Um, and it was only, you know it was, it was two years. I, I, suddenly there's a there's a actually I can see that becoming an issue. And and from then to now, you know we do have that issue. We as business we are you know everyone's got a phone, laptop, iPad. I mean they come coming to meetings armed with all of this kit, and you're never really sure whether they're in the meeting and present and participating or whether they're doing emails or their shopping list or mm. well that's probably a slightly disingenuous, but you know that. Yeah. they're involved in something else and so i guess again reflecting that the time in, in south korea probably gave me a little bit of a window to what the future was going to be like in terms of, of problems for for the uk and what we've, what we've returned to um and uh, you know how we how we might we might challenge that a little bit really and it's it is about that being present isn't it it's, it's about the you know, I'm talking I'm talking to you today and I'm focused on you I've not got a phone around me and, and you know that that my attention is is with you but but often how, how many times do we have conversations where actually I'm not really sure that the person who's talking to me is actually with me in, in the room and presence and um, hmm. you know it, it's 
yeah, I, I guess that sort of insight of the the, the, the things which have uh, which I think have stood me in good stead for for when I've come back really, and um, and also I yeah I, I went I, I think I'm quite commercial as HR. I think I I, I can you know I can read a P&L account, I can read a balance sheet, I can do all that sort of stuff. I, I understand the concept of, um, you know, return on investment and et cetera, et cetera. I get all of that. Um, but the, the opportunities I had whilst I was I was working overseas to, to get involved in, in, in bidding jobs and, and you know, uh, business planning and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff has, has just given me an insight that I would never have had otherwise. And that's, that's probably, you know, it's, it's changed the way I look at, um, the people who are doing those jobs in the UK, and, and I'm probably a bit more considerate of, uh, of the challenges that they have and the tasks that they have and the pressure that comes with with those jobs. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think I'm probably um, slightly less than. I've, I've probably, I've probably, I have high standards. Um, you know, the, 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 all the teams that have ever worked for me will will tell you, and you know most, you know a lot of those people. So. They will tell you that you know we we get things right and um, and perfection is is to be uh, mm. is to be expected um, and um, but I think I've probably come back slightly more tolerant um, yeah probably a bit more uh, considerate of of, uh, of people of what people have got to to cope with in the round um, and how that affects them in, in work so yeah it, it's made me made me a, a better and more considerate individual I guess. And and you brought Sorry, up no, not at all. But we've got this slight delay, which is I've, I've not had before. But we'll 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 uh, we'll manage past it. Which is I know you to be um, highly commercial. I mean, you say commercial, but I think you the one of the things I really note about you is <clears throat> that there are. It's oversimplistic, but to say that there are. HR people who are the caricature of HR people, um, which any role can be its own caricature, but that is, and the yeah, and the HR caricature to me is incredibly knowledgeable uh, about HR. Uh, sometimes uses uh, the um, the law to kind of try and leverage influence as in, well, that is the law, you know, and that's what we've got to do. Or, or they talk about things as if it's the law, but actually it's just best practice. That's not actually what actually has to happen. <laughs> and, you know, you've always struck me as one of those people that can sit in a room and say, well, I might not be the ops director and I might not be the sales director, but I do know what you're talking about. And I'm very capable of having a conversation with you at that level. And I think that's one of the credibility points that has always shone through um, about you. And I, and I guess that's leading me to a question that is, you know, when you've got people in that HR role, the importance in your mind of, it's almost a given that you understand HR, that you understand the law or whatever. But how do you... It's the day job. Yeah, it's the day job. But here's the biggest issue I see for a lot of HR people is that sense that they feel like the poor relative. They feel as if they're, well, I'm not a, I'm not the sales force. I'm not the, I'm not generating finances. So I, they often feel like they are, you know, we need, we need to be at the table. HR should be at the table and you've always been at the table. Yeah. 
And if you're not, you will be in about a week when they realise that, oh, he, <laughs> this role's supposed to be at the table. So just your thoughts on, you know, what HR really is about. I'm, I'd really like to hear that. Yeah. Um, well, well, I guess I don't worry about being at the top table, which is, is probably the first thing to say. Yeah. I think I think you have to you have to earn the right. HR has to earn the right to sit at the at the top table, and you know I, I don't even think that that you know that doesn't mean being a, a statutory director of, of a business. It, it, what what that means for me is that is that the senior team you know I, will lean on you for for guidance and advice and and opinion. Um, when when they need it, and, and you know most of the time that that's probably often behind behind closed doors rather than perhaps in in board meetings where there's a there's a big a big you know presence of of, of people. It's um, for me HR is is about the, the difference we make in the business, and, and our credibility comes from from what we can do with and for people to get the most the most out of them. Um, it, it's it's absolutely about understanding what makes people tick, um, what makes people want to come to work every day, what makes them love the jobs that they do, and, and will go the extra mile for us, um, you know, every single day. Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, the law is there. It's, it's a, I wouldn't ever describe it as a lever. Um, I think most of the time throughout my career, I find ways of trying to avoid uh, the law rather than um, rather than quoting it to uh, to people as being a as being a blocker we we uh, we're in a we're in a country that that is normally fairly compliant um that's, that's the british way is that we there is a there is a law and we we will try to follow it as best we can and, and actually you know i think most people understand that you know the the art of of hr is is how we um, you know work within that framework but continue to deliver great stuff for for our for our business and and help our leadership and, and management understand the people and how to get the, the best out of them and um you know sometimes sometimes the ideas that we have and sometimes the conversations that we have you know take months and years really for for it to have an effect in in the business and you know i, I you know i've had conversations with people in the past and now we've had the, the the nod coming from the other side of the table, and and six months later, it's been fed to, back to me as their greatest idea, and I and I go, fantastic, you know, I, it's it, that's wonderful. Let's let's get on with it, um, um, and that's absolutely fine. And and I, and I know, you know some of my colleagues in the profession, you know, absolutely are in the same the same space, and but but equally a lot, a lot um, you know, are not, and. Um, I guess it's horses for courses. The, the, the sectors are different. People are different. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to find your niche about about what you know where you can where you can make a difference. And and, and I guess you know, for me, it's always been and and, and I probably go back to um, learnings very early on is is how how do you do you get that autonomy for people that that they feel as though they they've got a, you know a say in the way they they do their job that they can control what they do and and, and they're adding they're adding good value is 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 autonomy and and people people generally want to be great at what they do so you know how can i make how can i make guy be the, the greatest leadership guru that um that has ever been uh, that inferno might be a bit of a challenge but um but you know generally it's it's about it's about that mastery and helping people be just just amazing and and that they understand so so i guess if i was to sum that sum that up it, it's around that sort of autonomy mastery and purpose piece that 
you know, that's that's what we've got to focus on. They're the things that make people want to come and work for, for your business and they, and they want to go the extra mile every day and, and, and nail it and, um, and also to, to leave a bit of themselves and to, to share, you know, all of, all of that that they bring to the business with the people that are coming up um, and that they're working with. And uh, you know, I, I can't remember who's, who said it. I, I'm terrible at names, which is, is normally an HR thing. You, you deal with people but can't really remember names. But, you know, I, I can't remember who it was that said, you, you know, you, you, get, you get to the top and you, you've got to remember to send the elevator down for, for people at the, at the bottom. And, and that's, you know, absolutely right. And I, I guess the, 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 the joy of, of my job and the joy of, of being, as I guess, a senior in the role as, as I am is I, I've, I've been able to choose my teams. Um, I've got great people. Uh, I think there's a there's probably a skill in that is choosing the, the best people I can afford um, and enabling them to to be able to to do what they enjoy doing as well and 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 deliver and, and helping people coming up the, the chain really and make sure that there is a, a sustainable uh, you know a resilient uh, team that 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 comes through behind me as well. So I've got quite a few Succession. organizations that I deal with that are private equity based they are very often some of them are startups and there's a few um younger hr i'm going to say managers they're not directors because the company isn't of that size and they often will say to me you know um as the company grows i i I want to stop being just a service provider (laughs) And I'm not at the top table because when we started, there was 10 of us, 15 of us, 20 of us, whatever it is. So I was, you know, you know, I was kind of the provision of HR. We're getting bigger and bigger, uh, but I'm, I'm still seen as that at that level. And I, and I wonder if there's um and there's, you know, a counsel from you that says, well, of course, you can always go somewhere else and reinvent yourself. But if you're going to do it in your own space as an organization gets bigger, or maybe somebody like yourself who turns up and there are certain players in the business who don't want to let go of their span of control, even if you are as good as you say you are, how do you, what's the counsel or the narrative for you about getting people to shift their perspective on what that role is because some will not know because they won't have experienced it, but some will know and they just don't want to let go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think what you've got to say is that every single role and every single person is, is different, aren't they? And, and the, the joy of this job is that, you, you know, I, I work on a, with an ops board at, at group level, that's got uh, 12 people on it and they're all very, very different. And they they will all have a perception of me, which is very different from from individual to individual. And and some of them, you know, will come to me uh, for technical advice or for legal advice. And others others will have you know a good a good cry on the shoulder every every now and again, and, and, and they take counsel, and, and that's and that's wonderful. And um, and I guess you know I, I've just come to the position where I, I'm comfortable with with that. I don't need to have the same relationship with everyone. What, what I need to do is to be able to be for each of those people in the senior senior team, as with my team, um, the thing that they need at that point in time. 
and, and I and I take I take you know what I take from that is that I'm making a difference to 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 them. I, you know, I, they will be. I, I want to make them better than they are today. Um, you know, I want to get them to a to a different place. If that means collectively that the business moves to a different, better place, then then that's you know amazing as well. But you know, it, it's I think I think it's you know I, I've heard you you know you talk about, about the shadow shadow we cast and you know that that absolutely is is an important uh you know perspective for me is, is that you know the, the values of this business and my personal set of values are, are what i hold dearly to me and, and and i i want to you know see people or, or people see me as, as living those values day in day out and um and you know trying to create those relationships which which do build the business I guess what I would say to people who um, who, are, who are you know right at the start of their career and, and are probably managers today is you know inevitably changing job is probably a reality. Um, you know you, you are in this place where you know I remember when I, I sort of left um, the the, uh, the shipyard and, and um, you know they they saw me the same eighteen year old. Uh, that started on that day, who knew nothing, um, and, and probably wore horrible coloured ties and, and with horrible coloured shirts. Um, you know, that's that's the perception they have, and it's often is framed around your your initial meeting with that individual. And, and you, you could have moved on, as I did, six years, and I've gained loads of experience, and I'm I'm, I'm a much different person. But they still see the one that they they had that first impression of, and you've got to you've got to either redress that that position and have you know, one of those conversations where you just go, well, you know, I'm different and I'm, I'm better and I'm bigger and, and I can do more things for you. And, and if they are the right sort of people, they will go, yes, you're right. Um, now let's give you that opportunity. Now, you know, sometimes you have to have that conversation. Sometimes people see that for themselves and will come to you. But I think you're just going to be really self-aware of, of what you want to get out of, of your career um, and where you want to be and, and be in a space where what you're doing is, is adding real value to you and not really worry about um, what people's perception of you might be, whether you've got a statutory directorship, whether, whether the bank balance is X as opposed to Y. Um, you know, it, 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 I do the job I do because I love doing it. Um, I do the job I do here because I make a difference. And if, and if that works for me, then, then I'm really happy where, where I am. Um, and I would say to people, you know, you need to get in the same place. You need to get in a position where, you, where you're, you're comfortable. If you're not happy with it, change it. And, and often that is just having a conversation with people. Sometimes it's about changing job. Um, but, you know, you've got to work it out for yourself, really, and take some really brave decisions every, every now and again, um, you know, which, which will take you on a different, on a different path. There, there isn't... Um, there isn't a path set out in stone which everybody needs to take, and that's that's the joy of this job is that every single one of us that, that operates in this this field is different, um, uh, as everyone else in, in our business is is different, and uh, you know it, it, it's got to work for you. I, I buy into that. That's, sure um, that's, that's no. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's it. I think there are just moments where if you think you are ready to add value and do more then you have to have the conversation about that. And you're right. You know, it might be, well, what would you need to let go? Do you believe that I can add that value? And if you do, 
great. And if you don't, then this may not be the place for me. And, uh, you know, so the stuff of life, yeah, you've got to, you've got to move forward. Yeah. So in- yeah, absolutely. You have to keep moving forward. I, I think, I think what I would, what I would say, uh, Guy, is that, you know, I, I very clearly have had in my mind um, an ever evolving place I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, before I got an HR director's role, um, you know, when I got an HRD's role when I was 28, um, you know, I wanted to be an HR director and have my own team by the time I was 30. Um, and that, that had been it. Everything had been striving to walk towards that. Um, I achieved that at 28. And then it's like, great, where do I go now? And I, you have to reset. You have to reset that and go, where am I going now? Where am I going now? But, you know, I, I'm, I've, been, I've been gifted with working for some amazing people. Um, and, and, you know, that's throughout my career, whether it be at Camel Aids, at, at Vinci, um, several people, you know. Um, and, and again, at, at M Group, I, you know, I've, I've worked with some amazing people. Um, but I don't ever expect them um, to come and knock on my door and say to me, yeah, you, you, you're fantastic. Let's, let's give you another job and, and double your, your, your salary. I, it, it's about me. It's about me and where I want to be. Um, and, um, you know, you have to go out and kick down some doors every now and again and, and tell people that, um, you know, I can do that. I can deliver that for you. I can, mm-hmm. I can do, I can operate in a different arena. I can operate in a different way. I can give you those results that you want. Um, and, um, you know, for me, um, and it might just be luck, but for, for me, a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, brave moments have, have turned out to, uh, to be beneficial. Um, and I, and I have gone on and, and done more and, and got, you know, wider experience and a broader, um, perspective on, on things. And, and it, and it's been, a, it's been a great help. Um, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for anyone coming up, you know, it, it's don't, don't wait, don't wait. Um, you know, there, there is this balance, isn't there, between knowing you've got enough experience to be able to succeed in your ambitions. Um, but, but, you know, don't, don't let anybody tell you, you're never good enough. Uh, you know, you can, you can change that. Go out, read a book, read a book, go out and read a book. Boom. Um, go out and read a book, go out and talk to people, um, watch a podcast. Um, you, you can, you can make yourself better every, every single day. And, and, you know, I think that's, uh, we, we have that obligation on ourselves to, to, to change ourselves every day and, and, and take the opportunities that come, come around. So listen, um, yeah. <clears throat> I could do this for another 12 hours with you, um, which is which is always my problem. <laughs> but uh, just to bring us up to date with what, you know, uh, and probably more of a, a, a kind of a sense of things, as an organization, 10,000 people, you know, plus, you know, almost the same again, you know, in that associate sort of uh, subspace. And, you know, there was pre-COVID, there was COVID, and then there was that kind of... Um, because you're classed as an essential service, right? Um, is that right? So, yeah, keeping the water going and all that kind of stuff. Just what has been, you know, if you kind of reflect, because, you know, I remember asking you at the time, how are things going? And you went, dude, I'm in it. I'm in it now. <laughs> See ya. Because <laughs> you, know? you were, kind of, I'm kind of busy, and which made a lot of sense. And it's almost, you know, with a little bit of, I know we're still going through things, but it's settled. What has been that, you know, on reflection, the big challenge of that period of holy schmoly, this thing's happening, what does it mean, and all that. Is there a kind of, I think the thing that has 
that I've really pulled on the most or the thing that I've had to bring to the party the most to make that work and to steer the ship that I'm supposed to be steering. Um, what, what has that been? Or, or you know, what, what does that feel like it, you've had to do? Well, I think, uh, you know, you're right. It, it, it was um, a shock. You know, March, March came... Um, all, all of a sudden, in, in many respects to us, that, that we suddenly needed to do things different. Um, you know, at one point we had three and a half thousand people on furlough. Um, we had lots of people working from home. Um, I, I think I think the thing that the business needed at the time, um, and, you know, we were not clever here in HR for being able to do this. Anybody could have done this, but, but what we were was here. Um, and we, we stayed here. Um, now, you know, by chance, we happened to sit in the offices that we have here in Stevenage, but it didn't really matter physically where we sat, but we were here for the business. Um, uh, at times when actually the distractions that were around about, you know, can I go out? Can I go shopping? Can I, can we, we still put people to work? Can we go in people's homes? All of that stuff was going on. And I think what we created here was a bit of an anchor of, of reality and, and what we thought at the time was really good, solid advice and guidance. And, you know, the, the, we reduced our numbers, uh, operating numbers here in HR to a very small number and became, you know, as best as we could experts in, in what was coming out of, of government overnight so that we, we became that, that anchor for the, for the business. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't need to say this because the, the business has said it to us, but at, at times when, um, there was not a lot of other guidance uh, going on. Actually, you know, the absolutely common sense. Uh, let, let's deal with this as, as we as we need to do on a day by day basis, and make sure we keep as many people in the field and, and keep keep as normal as as we possibly can. Was probably the thing that that kept us going um, as a as a function, b as a business, but but c as individuals. Um, you know, we we were there for people. Um, and, um, and and the business has remained there for people. It, it, it's done. Uh, you, know, you could not have asked any more of this business in terms of, of the way that it's paid its people. You know, more than way more than the government wanted. You know, offered offered us in terms of reimbursement. Um, we've looked after our people, and um, you know that I know will will pay dividends for us in in the future. But um, you know, I, you know, I look I look back on six months and. You know, are we are we better are we better for for COVID? Are we better for the experience? Well, I think I think you have to be. You, you don't go through an experience like that and, and come out the other side and, and whinge about it. Um, you know, we we've learned a lot of things. We we've learned that our people can operate in a more autonomous way. Um, we we know that they can follow the rules. Um, we know that they are there for our customers and for our uh, for our you know customers customers. They, they've been there to support the general public and the number of instances where you know we can we can quote that our people have, have gone you know beyond way beyond the, the extra mile to, to support our clients and, and, and their customers you know is, is numerous and it, and it, and it, and it's great to see but you know we there will be a legacy of, of covid which is also very difficult for us to manage we we, we hear every day of the issues around mental health uh, being uh, you know, a, a more difficult situation for us, and that's true. Um, you know, we 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 have more uh, uh, situations and cases that we were helping people with today than than we were pre-COVID. 
Um, some of that, I think, is because people feel able to talk more than perhaps they did pre-COVID. It perhaps has been a watershed in that sharing of, uh, of problems and issues. And that, you know, in that, in that respect, that's, that's great. Um, but the isolation that people feel and the challenge that they've had in working from home has, has, has made us work in, in different ways. And, uh, you know, that, that has created you know, scars for people as well. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, I do look on it as a, as a positive experience. I think there are still challenges and I still think there are still things for us to achieve to, before we can say that we've come out the other side and, and, and we're better for it. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the one thing that we've, we've done as an HR function is, is, is to still be here. Um, and, um, you know, I, I know that when I read uh, the, uh, the, the HR material and people management material, um, that, that is out there that that, that has, has been an issue for some businesses as, as well so yeah proud of the fact that we've been able to um to, to be there for the business and, and and so that it has been able to carry on doing the great work that it that it does um and our people uh, whether they they be in the field you know uh, uh laying pipes in the ground or, or whether they're in the offices are, are, are just uh yeah amazing people great people so listen colin time um has ticked um amazingly uh i don't know exactly how long but maybe an hour <clears throat> but it's um we've been chatting away and you know that um uh, well we've, i'll keep going but i'm gonna stop <laughs> there might be a phase two <laughs> so i'm just gonna say thank you so much for coming on this episode uh i have uh, apart from the, we've now mastered the delay, I think, of waiting for each other to stop. So, uh, but it's been, it's been <laughs> yeah, a joy. Right I, I love talking to you. I love hearing what you've got to say. I think you epitomize, because I have that spectrum. I get to work across multiple businesses you know, over X amount of time. And you are, for me, and, you, you know, I'm going to say it in, in a public space, you are that absolute the epitome of somebody who understands HR, understands the commercials, understands the balance between doing a job and adding value. And, and I think I've seen you play the short game, as in that needs to be done. I've seen you play the long game, which, well, hold on, let's just sow the seed and let's see where that goes. But you've always... You've always, I think, demonstrated that if I'm saying I'm going to do something, then by hook or by flipping crook, it's going to happen. And, you know, there's, there's ebbs and flows with that. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I've seen that probably sometimes to your detriment where I've said, you know, hey, just, you know, but I get it. And I've respected that massively. And uh, so, listen, I'm just going to say thank you for being on this episode and stay on for a few moments. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Guy. Fantastic. That's it. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please share so others get to hear about us and subscribe so you keep up to date on new episodes. Also visit livingbrave.com if you want to connect with me and find out more about executive coaching, team effectiveness and changing culture. Oh, and of course you can buy my book Living Brave Leadership on Amazon. So on that note, see you soon.